Hi, my name is Dissi Obanda and you are listening to Lex Pandemonium. Lex being Latin for law and pandemonium being chaos. Whether it is in meeting the commercial world's need for creative solutions in drafting contracts, the legalities of wage bill management, or the grungy details of law governing curfews and authorities using mandatory quarantine as prison, Lex Pandemonium is here to help you be in the know about the law. And if you have questions or need more information, well, feel free to drop a comment and we'll try our best to get you what you need. So one of the most important questions being asked at the moment is, do I have a job anymore? We talked to Julius Mongai, a labor relations officer with one of Kenya's largest unions and an expert in employment law, about the law governing employment in this time. We delve a bit into the difficulties being experienced by employees whose employers are trying to tighten their belts in order to survive corona. We also talk about the complications in the Kenyan law that do not favor employers at this time. We then get creative about the ways in which employment law and legal drafting need to change post-COVID-19. So listen in. Good afternoon, Julius. How are you? Good afternoon, DC. I'm doing well. Yourself? (laughs) Very, very well. Thank you. Given the circumstances. Yeah, we're all trying our best to, you know, we are winging it absolutely absolutely are you are you at work physically are you working from home how has the this um the experience working in corona been for you um for now i'm doing a bit of both so i'm transversing between home and the office yes on a need for basis uh-huh. um you know the the government directive was essential services were the ones that are supposed to be you know, working from, you know, your regular workplace. Yes. Are you an essential service? Yeah. So we fall somewhere in there between the essential service. Yes. Because primarily I work for a union that is in the food industry because we're in the baking industry. Okay. Okay. So uh, we are in the baking, confectionery and allied workers union. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an industry. Um, so the union I represent, the industries are essential services because they're, they're food providers. Wonderful. So what kinds of um, briefs are these that cause you to go to the office physically? Um, so we they're ranging from uh, disciplinary letters from employers to employees. Yes. Um, anywhere from a show cause letter, a warning letter, which requires uh, legal. Uh, input yes and uh going to as far as probably sometimes employers requiring uh some guidance on the you know emerging directives from the government on how to affect them at their workplaces while doing so within the law so we are doing consultations for employers and employees as as they are doing their best to adapt to the situation wonderful wonderful so you have been in um, labor and employment law for about five years now. Yes, it's five years it's now. It's five years now. In this time, what are employees' employment rights and obligations? You're asking exactly the rights and obligations vis-a-vis the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Yes. 
Uh, so now, um, as far as the law is concerned, yes, and the Employment Act, which guides that relationship between the employer and employee, is concerned, yes, and specifically more uh, Section Twenty Six. Expound a little bit. There might be people that are listening that might not necessarily be in Kenya. So Section Twenty Six of of the Employment Act. Uh, oh, okay, all right. Yes. So during this period. The employer-employee relationship remains as is and as it was pre-corona. You know, the law hasn't changed to adapt. So the relationship remains the same as per law. What is it that I, as an individual, should expect from my employer at this point Uh, in time? It's the same as it was before, but what was it before? Oh, so this section within the Employment Act provides for, among other things, um, basic rights and duties in employment. Yes. Uh, this include uh, wages, protection of wages. The procedure for termination is you, you owe the person notice. Um, there's uh, protection of minors in as far as uh, minors are concerned. So uh, as, as it is, you can't claim as an employer just because uh, there's probably uh, a shortage of labor that you're going to employ kids. No. Uh, Your wages are still protected as they were in law. So when you say that as an employee, my wages are protected, what happens in the scenario that, for instance, my employer would like to implement pay cuts? Is that lawful? Is there anything that I need to sign against? Is there any way that I need to protect myself, perhaps? So as an employee, your wages are very jealously protected by the law. An employer has no right whatsoever. Yes to vary them without your consent. If an employer was to in any way vary or reduce your wages yes. without your consent, then that would be regarded as an interference that is not within the law. So such interference gives you the right to seek legal redress against your employer Yes. if said um, interference was not as authorized by any written law by your express consent or if for example you're a unionized employee meaning you're a member of a union yes you report the same to the union and uh, action is then taken to ensure that your wages despite COVID-19 pandemic yes is still protected wonderful even in this time economically we we have had so many companies that are either closing down or scaling down their operations so some people are being rendered redundant yes what does redundancy look like what does that mean in simple terms and what does it look like for an individual what should they expect from their employer if that's the way an employer would like to go so within section 40 of the employment act yes which which uh, provides the parameters for redundancy yes it ensures that left, right, and center, an employee is protected. So, for example, uh, when it comes to redundancy, the act the act goes uh, uh, out of its way to set the conditions that are to be met yes. before such termination on account of redundancy mm-hmm. is done. That includes uh, notifying the employee, uh, regard to that employee's position within the company or enterprise, yes. the time of employment, the skill of employment, 
okay yes which which therefore means if you're going to target an individual or a group of individuals for redundancy yes uh during this period of time and uh we call it the uh, first in last out uh, uh methodology okay yeah where an employee who has worked for the company longer would usually be the last one to be on the list of employees to be declared redundant uh, and the employee who came in last is usually the first in terms of uh consideration when redundancy is imminent if any one of those conditions that uh, the law has set out yes is not met and an employer alleges to declare you redundant without for example notifying you Yes. Okay. Yes. Then the employer has violated the law and you have the right to uh seek uh redress. Uh, redress on that account. But isn't that really subjective who has the honors to prove that you know I am that one party is more skilled is better than the other? Let's take for example an industry specific profession. Say um we are dealing with an industry where a machine is involved and operation of that machine is involved. So if an individual has worked within that company for 5 years operating that machine for 5 years, he automatically has greater seniority in terms of time yes. and skill when it comes to handle that machine. What about a situation where maybe you're dealing with artists each one is skilled differently how do you prove i'm a better artist than this person so now th- then the law goes further and says we also look at the ability and reliability of each individual okay so do you need all of those together or is it just one when you're making your case is it no 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 you take all of them together all of them together all of them together ah wonderful wonderful yes, yes. so are there very maybe specific things that employees can do at this point in time to protect themselves top of my mind the first option i would i would advise for employees is to always try and unionize okay mhm unionization is one of the best uh, protections an employee has when it comes to enshrining their rights and uh, this also is a constitutional right yes within article 41 Mm-hmm. and it grants each person the right to fair labor practices within the same article okay. so once once a person unionizes they are exercising their constitutional right to be protected by the law and they are also exercising their right to be treated fairly within the labor industry and this fairness includes protection from being underpaid reasonable working hours do you have yes. do you have examples of that like how has that come to your desk or to your knowledge of course uh, of course for wow. example um you have employees who were working uh, on on maybe a company has four shifts yes yes so they reduced the shifts from four maybe to three yes so the manpower that was in was was being used for three shifts is now being done by manpower of two shifts Mm. So it means they work longer hours and do more work because there are less people now but more work. Um yes you might have uh, had to reduce manpower but that does not then translate to you misusing the manpower that you have uh in the name uh, of, scal- of the scaling law, down yes. yes. Of the law. So reasonable working hours have to be maintained. If 
your employer is subjecting you to more working hours within the same terms as before yes and not offering you overtime you have a recourse and you can uh, have the same uh, redressed in law if if there's a lack of a union yes you can have a lawyer uh, represent you yes yes so as an employer in this time a lot of what we've heard from governments around the world has been employers you need to to you need to pay your people you need to take care of them during this time you need to provide for them so what recourse does an employer possibly have at this point in time so as far as employers are concerned for the for the fact that they have uh, reduced revenues yes they have organizations they have bodies for example the federation of kenya employers which is the mouthpiece of the employers yes mm-hmm. so if the employers feel that uh, the circumstances as they are in the economy are hard hitting them yes. they have that body to voice their concerns to the relevant authorities if it's the government they use the federation to have the government put in place policies to ensure that you know they are, they, we call them providers of capital yes yes because we have now the labor um, where we provide the, the labor the labor unions we provide the labor and they provide the capital so without the other one cannot function so you're telling me that as an employer right now i have four five of my existing clients that are saying you're not an essential service we have to drop you or please suspend that contract my recourse is to look for the body that represents employers to tell them what they already know that the economy is hard hitting and we are suffering then if it's a redundancy redundancy is costly because an employer needs to make a certain number of payments to the employee when they're letting them go. This yes. is something that we hadn't thought we'd need to do before, but now yes. we have to find the money for. Yes. Like I said, we're in uncharted territories. So by engaging the, the employers directly, we are able to come to an agreement yes. that they still need the labor and we still need the capital that they provide. So yes. that we ensure the survival of everyone involved. So there's no need for me, as the person representing the employee, to go with a with an ironclad face yes. to someone who's already at a disadvantage economically and expect them to offer what they were offering before. Before. In fact, this reminds me interestingly of uh, the American NBA, yes, the Association of uh, Basketballers. Yes. They, they had this very interesting clause that they had inserted within their, their collective agreement with the players. Yes. So what they had uh, they had stated, it's, in law we call it uh, the force majeure clause. Uh, yes, actually the I was going to ask you God. about that. Yes, Yes, the act of God clause. Um, within that clause, um, they, it allowed the employers to withhold the salaries of the employees on account of an unforeseen catastrophe, mm. which did happen. So on account of that clause, the the, the employers who are the uh, the, the owners of uh, the teams were under no obligation to pay the, em- the 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 employees who are the players. But yes, there was an open discussion mm-hmm. where the employers who are the sports teams owners came to an agreement that what that, that would not be the best option for them or either party. Mm-hmm. 
but it is indeed an act of God, and they are, in law, allowed to withhold the payments. They came to a discussion where they allowed each other a give and take, and yes. so you see, the players are actually being uh, let off easy because of a discussion over something that was unforeseen. That that they had. And I, I, I need to know, is force majeure, is that clause um, something that you find regularly in employment contracts in Kenya, for, for, for instance? Uh, interestingly, no. No. Is that practice? Is that some practice that you think um, should evolve? Should we get to that place in light of COVID? Exactly. So that, that is now, uh, we call it emerging law, yes? Yes. So now with time, I think even the drafters of the law have to take into account that sometimes there are things that you have to account for that you didn't account for. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, the way our law is set up, like the termination of an employment contract does yes. not does not foresee an act of God. The law does not have an act of God. The only Absolutely, act of God that, it doesn't. Yeah, the only act of God that I, I am I would say is equivalent to that is death. You know, the the, the employment wow. contract can be terminated on account of death. Yes. Absolutely, because there the there are arguments that this is more a frustration of contract rather exactly. than you know because exactly. because even if you say that a person is being rendered re- redundant their position is 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 not you know needed in a redundant. company yes. anymore it's not because the company has originated this decision themselves but because of the business environment that does not allow them yes yes in in fact yes um by and large redundancy does mention that uh certain operational changes within a company that would require a position to be done away with or if a position becomes superfluous yes they can declare you redundant but you see the law says that once you do away with a position yes you cannot employ someone else there so it protects the employee so you can't just fire me on account of redundancy and just employ someone else Pick in the someone same position else that I was in. It. yeah so it doesn't that clause doesn't really cover the employer at this point in time so at this yes. at this place if the employers out there who are listening and they need to scale down their operations yes the best they can do if they need to let people go what there is in law is redundancy there's no other option there's no other option they have to abide by the law and the only law that gives them recourse is the redundancy law Okay, so in conclusion, let's just clearly walk through what sorts of changes we probably need to see in legislation or in the way we conduct employment law going forward. And interestingly, you should mention that um, Corona is really redefining um, a lot in the employment world because as recent, I think, as 20th March, if I'm not wrong, there was a directive that was issued by the International Labour Organization, yes. the ILO, yes. and in conjunction with UNICEF. And they issued some guidelines. These are just guidelines. They're not law yet. Uh, you remember the law hasn't changed, yes? Yes, yes. So these are just um, humanitarian, I would call them, guidelines yes. that are to be effected on um, employers and employees on a good faith basis, yeah? Okay. So And they are meant to ensure that enterprises as they were 
do more to support the working class and their families mm-hmm. um, during and after this pandemic. So, in brief, some of these guidelines would include uh, monitoring and uh, following up of national directives and effectively reviewing your workplace environment mm-hmm. to accommodate such directives. For example, when the government said uh, there's going to be curfew as at seven. So you need to adjust your business practice exactly. to be in line with directives such as those. Directive, yeah. okay. So don't, don't require employees to leave at six when you know it will not be effective for them to It's to not practi- to practical work. for yes. them to actually commute yes. in that time. Exactly, and they have families to be to be to be home to. Another one is to review existing company policies in light of the changing circumstances of COVID nineteen to ensure that employees are sufficiently supported. Mm-hmm. So, uh, top of my mind also is in our country. Say, for example, you can provide employees with transport. Yes. Yes. Probably your company didn't have a policy to provide transportation. But I would think in this changing times, it would be prudent to review your company policy to provide employees with, say, transportation to allow them to uh, to get the, to work yes, and at least the meet their obligations. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, to actually comply with the national directives. So don't leave them to their own devices when you can actually, within your company, provide an option okay yes another guideline that was given by the ILO was to follow good practices when implementing policies on social dialogue labor laws and to do so without discrimination as you as you yes. as you go through that list you know the employers out there who, that are asking are those yes. directives um, only directed at employers is there, I mean, are there directives out there for governments? Because it seems pretty skewed against the employer. It's almost written as though every company is, you know, Microsoft. What about SMEs? So um, various governments, ours included, there was the bill on taxation that has been proposed. Yes, the, the 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 tax cuts, reduction of value-added tax, and um, I think yes. holding tax yes. and, co- so, and corporation tax. Yes. So the amend that that tax amendment bill is meant to cushion the employers. I'm, I'm thinking of a good example yes. where a country, I think it's the UK, where they came up with a subsidy scheme, mm-hmm. uh, which was meant to cushion any employer. Yes as against uh, loss of income vis-a-vis paying an an employee. Um, I I don't know whether Kenya would be able to adapt to that. They they subsidize, um, they like send stimulus packages Mm -hmm. to to the employer so that um, if, for example, that employer was to let go of 15 employees on account of uh, reduced income, Yes that uh, stimulus package is supposed to cushion you against that. So you keep the individuals in employment whilst receiving the subsidy from the government to keep you afloat. I am sure um, the employers listening and nodding their heads vigorously um, agreeing with that. So any final thoughts for us, Julius? My opinion in, 
in where we find ourselves currently, I would really urge the government to really come to the aid of everyone involved because everyone is suffering as we speak. The employer, the employee, they are both finding themselves in a, in a state where no one would have predicted. I think they should start coming up with policies that will protect everyone and ensure that everyone comes out of this with with their heads held high instead of you know damaging the economy as damaged as it as it is at this point in time absolutely thank you so much julius thank you very much for your time julius mungai expert in employment and labor law you're very much welcome (laughs) thank you for your time